listening to episode 151 of the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. Welcome back to another episode of Fade Into Film. In this episode, we welcome Jason Rivera. He has been a part of this panel, uh, but he wasn't here last time, so this time, He's participating, and we welcome him with open arms and open microphones. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to go through some of the topics that I'm going to cover with our panelists. I think they're pretty interesting, and I think you'll find them interesting. And there are probably things that you have on your mind. We're going to be covering, I think, I hope, AI benefits and cons is art human. What about storytelling? Or are we just going to give it all away to AI? That's artificial intelligence. Another topic is, will a new smartphone really make your film better? We all know that the iPhone 15 is coming out in a couple of months here. And so uh, just wanted to throw that question out uh, in case you didn't want to throw more money at a new phone. Uh, to make a movie. So do you really need a new phone? Do you really need a new smartphone? Uh, whether it's an iPhone or an Android phone, a Sony phone, a Pixel phone, whatever you want to use to make a movie, is the current phone that you have good enough? And what genres can benefit from smartphone cameras? I wanted to chat with the panelists about that. Um, I, for one, feel that horror films really benefit from smartphone cameras and I'll give them a few examples and I'm sure they'll give back some examples of their own but um, those are three main topics that I'm uh, planning to cover in this episode with our panelists and our panelists are uh, Ryan McDonald, Levi Austin Morris, Erica E.T. Taylor, Joey Min and Jason Rivera. We are Fade Into Film. I'm Susie Botello, and I'm the host of the SBP podcast and founder of the International Mobile Film Festival by S. Botello Productions. And I'm in San Diego, California. Hi, my name is Ryan McDonald. I'm a writer, director, producer, actor um, for feature films and short films. And I am out of Ogden, Utah. Hi, I'm Levi Austin Morris, and I'm an actor, writer, director, and filmmaker in Los Angeles, California. I'm Erica E.T. Taylor, and I'm a visual storyteller, video producer, and mobile filmmaker from Houston, Texas. Hey, I'm Joey Min. I am the creative head for Art School Dropouts, a YouTuber, but also a filmmaker, and we are located in New Jersey. I'm Jason Rivera, a music composer based out of Los Angeles, California.
gang, how you doing? We're back. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. It's so it's so good to get it to you know have you guys back on the show. Um, fade into film. This is awesome. We uh, we really enjoyed. I know all of you enjoyed uh, the last episode. If our listeners haven't listened to it, it's episode one fifty. Uh, but we have, as promised, our newest uh, panelist uh, is actually present today. How are you, Jason? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Hey, Jason, uh, would you like to just sort of uh, give us a little bit of a uh, introduction to who you are so that everyone, you know, as they're shaking your hand virtually, uh, can know a little <laughs> more about you? Sure. I'm a music composer based out of L.A. Um, I've been writing and composing music for a couple decades at least. And um, yeah, I score films. Um, I'm currently, I had just received a script for my 12th project that I'm going to be working yes. on um, coming up pretty soon. Um, yeah. That's yeah. Me. So, and uh, Jason was also in our 149th episode of the podcast, where you can get all the details. Cause one of the cool things I found about Jason also is a little bit of a prodigy. Uh, Jason started writing and composing music when he was four years old. Did you guys all know that? I did not actually. That's amazing. No. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So superstar. That's very to cool, actually yeah. know what you want to do at four years <laughs> yes. old. Yes, right. And, and he started <laughs> out with a Fisher Price recorder. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, that was my first. I consider that my first studio. Cool. I love that. Like recorder, as in like the the flute thingy, or the no, it's um, a tape recorder. So this was like oh, tape. Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. When tapes were <laughs> kind of still around more. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a way to just kind of jot down ideas. And um, I remember being like four or five years old and hearing melodies and chord progressions and stuff in my head. Mm. And so I would just, I couldn't play any instruments yet at that age, so I would just sing them into the Fisher-Price tape recorder. Do you have any of those recordings? Because that would be amazing. Can we play them back in this podcast? That would be nuts. (laughs) It could be the background music while we record. (laughs) That would be so awesome. If I had those tapes, I would, of course, I would share them with you guys. That would be amazing. I don't know where they are. That would be crazy, yeah. That would be cool if everybody could, like, actually, uh, like, share their very first, like, I guess, produced thing of your field, yeah. right? Oh, I will not be sharing yeah. mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's mine. Mine, mine is terrible, mine too. Mine were on VHS. I hope you kept it, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, they were Excellent. on VHS. It was yeah. me running around pretending, you know, like the cop shows. You know, like yeah. uh, I forgot yeah. what that, how that song. You know that song. I'm really bad with the lyrics. Bad boys, bad boys. What you yeah, gonna do? Exactly. Is it that one? Yeah. Uh, with my big VHS camcorder, running around like a teenager, you know, through the streets and uh, chasing boyfriends and things, and just yelling at them and <laughs> just kind of being obnoxious. <laughs> but I have no idea where those things are right now. So I uh, know. So I, I have a. I used to shoot on uh, my first video camera was a SVHS. So it was like it wasn't the mini the, the mini tapes, but it was like the quarter. No, it was quarter super size. VHS. Yes, basically. and yeah. um, and yeah. I still have that yeah. camera. 
as well. I don't I don't know how to charge it up or anything. Yeah, but I just have it as kind of like a relic that he's. But I mean, I w- my first short film was twenty five years ago, but uh, I've got it. I could share it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. I, I at some point I saw it ahead of time. I was like, I don't think VHS machines are going to be around for very long, so I better convert this to DVD <laughs> while I have a chance. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember I used to nice. I used to also stick my camera out of my friend's cars when we were driving and shoot a bunch of freeway scenes and then I would play I would hmm. plug it into you know my camera into my VCR and play CDs through the amplifier and the receiver and all that stuff and I would record like Tesla and things like that in through it. So it would hmm. be like music videos oh. and I would edit them on the on the player on the camera. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, that's yeah, a like yeah. yeah and it had a fade in, in yeah. and fade out button on there and stuff like that. Oh yeah! So when you hit record, it automatically faded in. Thing. Right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I no, it had a button. <laughs> it had that. a button. It it was like it would go video black and video you know. Oh okay. Video yeah. in you know fading into black and fading out. Anyway, it's kind of like I can't even rem- yeah. I can't even believe that right now. I remember that. I remember right, my. Fr- <laughs> Oh man, I think I think mine was a like a Panasonic palm quarter. So it was actually the the smaller tapes. Yeah, I had the smaller yeah. tapes. You know, that's what I had. Yeah, mini I would, DVD. Yeah, to like use the VHS, we have to put it in the. No, no, it wasn't mini DVD. High it eight. Was like the, I guess it was high eight. I can't really. I I have it, and I I I guess I should just look at it. But I would use the same tape. I would just keep recording over and yeah. over again since I could just uh, plug it into, like I had a, a capture, like card for my. PC back then for the video. Just it was only video. There's no sound. Right. So and I would just edit stuff when I was like middle school or something. Yeah, we always found a way to get, you know, uh I I I made a ton of music videos. Uh I just loved adding music to my videos because you know, why not? (laughs) I was like a Windows movie. Oh my god. Yeah. Windows was that Windows ninety five? Oh yeah, dude. That, that <laughs> was best. probably I <laughs> the think, best windows. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, Et, you have any stories? Ah, <laughs> oh, my first produced thing. Uh, I want to say it started in print actually. Um, oh. And this was like my Ooh. early twenties. Uh, I finished playing uh, like college, still in college, but uh, done with playing college basketball, and so I started. Uh, writing for the school newspaper and uh, I was the only person writing in the sports uh, in the sports for sports so uh, my first uh, articles were all print and this was the time also where Facebook was like the leading uh, social media (laughs) platform yeah Um, so I would write up my story I would post it to Facebook probably just a handful of people <laughs> liked it um i yeah. i used a um i don't know i can't remember the name of the camera but it was one of those square silver digital cameras to take photos oh yeah. <laughs> oh i know what you mean those digital uh, cameras that we all di- used to yeah yeah so i used that to uh take photos and video and then uh yeah so i was uh, early on, Those I guess Harvey, I was though. making Those content early on. <laughs> That's awesome. Say it again. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I do have to ask you, E.T., though, because I don't know your age and you don't have to reveal it. But like, 
is this circa like early 2000s or is this Ooh. like a mid It's like who's your Batman when you're say... growing up? That's how we, that's how we'll gauge it. <laughs> that's a pretty good question. Yeah. I would say, ooh, almost mid. So I want to say maybe 2009 when I first okay. published okay. my first I just, uh, okay. yeah, thing. But I was like, so yeah, you're a baby. Early 20s. <laughs> okay. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, sort of. But I think I got you beat, Levi. I think I'm older than you, though. No, sure. you're not. For sure. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm 36. What, what, what's this? Oh, snap. We're the same age, Levi. <laughs> 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 you heard it here first, guys. Well, dang, what's interesting is that uh, for, for a bunch of filmmakers who we've all kind of collectively come together around a mobile film festival, um, and now we've all shot something at least on a phone. It's interesting how we all have an origin of before that time, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, because it's kind of funny, right? Don't you? It, it. I think though, like now that we've done, like you know, like filmmaking, right? Like I think we can take older yeah. cameras and and like know yeah. how to use it, yeah. right? And I think that's the same thing with phones, because like obviously this phone is better than like you know I had a I had a, uh, a DVX. And this thing is like way better than that. And it's like a lot simpler to use, right? Yeah. Like an iPhone. So, and the cameras but, are constantly improving, which is just right. exciting to play. So with, this is but, kind yeah. of like yeah, the yeah, War exactly. of the Worlds, right? With like um, Tom Cruise. Uh, just humor me. Hold on. <laughs> when he's like, every all the cars stop, right? And he knows what he needs to do to get this one manual transmission old car started and get it going. And this is like us, right? If the apocalypse type thing came up and our phones are like drained and we have no way to charge it, we don't have a USB thing or anything, we can all grab our old camcorders and we'd know. Camcorders? <laughs> we'd know how to run it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, like, I kind of have mine like, you know, like on display just to remind myself <laughs> of the history that I have. Yeah. Had, so. Nice. Okay, let's, um, let's see. So, Ryan, what have you been up to lately <laughs> oh uh sorry i feel like we covered this uh topic last last week um lately what i've been up to man um i i'm currently working on i did a short film back in october and um it's a it's a werewolf short film and i, I just thought that the oh. that everybody in the acting and the and the way that the makeup came out was so spectacular. We're we're shooting for a, a festival that um, was in. So I'm in Utah. So it was in the Salt Lake area festival. We only had a couple weeks to uh, hit the deadline. And when it came to the makeup and special effects, like none of us thought we we're gonna, you know, what what could we really do in that time period? And so, um, but we've we've since then we did win best special make best special effects. And I just thought I was like, man, it's too bad. It's only six minutes. What if I started? This and this is like the as long as I've been writing for twenty something years and whatnot. This is still the amateur idea of me. It's like, oh, you have this really cool idea, but you don't know the journey that's going to go or anything. So I'm starting to write a feature script around that six minutes, so that we don't lose the six minutes that we like shot of that short film. Um, right. Starting to create, yeah, the storyline around it. I'm sure everybody uh, here has had that moment where it's like you have a really cool. Like, what if those two guys in the car? But then you have to build a, you know, 20, uh, 120 more pages around Whoa. it. Yeah. And, you're kind of, and then you start <laughs> yeah. to find out, like, where yeah. the thin cracks in the, in the ice sheet are. Um, so that's what I've been working on right now. And I'm about 80 pages in. Um, wow. So it's, it's there. 
The problem is I haven't typed nice. out the finale though, so I don't know. I don't know where the tr- mm-hmm. where the fat is to trim, but uh, what I have learned is that it's best just not to go back right now and edit anything until I hit, you know, the end, and then yeah, it's too distracting when you do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's been like the main thing I've been working on um, the last little bit. Oh, that's cool. Thank you. Wow. Um, Levi, how about you? What have you been up uh, to lately? I, Any more awards? I mean, uh, no, not, 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 no. I'm just going to say no. I'm not going to say not yet because I don't like that energy. <laughs> Um, but I'm proud no, of the you film. should be, be confident well, with I, that. I'm yeah. proud of the film. I am very proud of the yeah. film. Uh, I did just book uh, a flight today and a hotel today for an upcoming festival. Yes. Um, and it was much more expensive than I anticipated, oh. but that's 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 life. Um, and so I'm excited to go there in August. Um, it's going to be hot. Yeah. Wherever you go. It's yes. Yes, it is. It's it's <laughs> going to be hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that uh, so that's what I did today. Other than that, I've been working on my script as well, and I'm 64 pages in, so not as far as uh, Ryan is. Nice. Yeah. Where's that fest, Levi? Um, it's in Indiana, but I'm not allowed to say what it is yet because they want to announce, I guess, before um, before we yeah. do. So I, I'm just saying it's it's. You in know, I flew to Indiana in 2018. Um, I will say where I went. Uh, Heartland Film Festival. Uh, it was their their inaugural uh, short uh, film festival mm. thing there, from the same festival, and uh, they flew me out there to present mobile filmmaking, and um, yes. I, I mean yeah, they put me up in a nice hotel. It was it was fantastic. I had a great experience. I met a lot of people there um and uh i really enjoyed it you know it was so different than being in san diego yeah <laughs> but everything i went through downtown and everything looked like you know the walking dead places you know because mm-hmm. it was so different it was so in a way like georgia you know so yeah what were you gonna say yeah there's a lot of nature I would say uh, I'm from Minnesota, oh. so it's going to be very similar to where I grew up. Like it's it's the Midwest, right. so I I'm prepared for the weather and the nature, which will be nice, um, as opposed to the palm trees and the dirt. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, hey, how about you, Et? What have you been up to? Hey, so uh, mainly, uh, or what's been on my uh, plate as of recently. Um, has been videos for Good News A-League. Uh, so August 9th and August 11th coming up will make a full year that um, that video series that I created, Good News A-League, um, would, um, will be in existence. Uh, so coming up on a year now. Um, so recently filmed um, a community uh, football camp and recently filmed also a community um, kind of like a, a, it was called the Backyard Party where there were performing uh, acts happening on stage. Um, there was a group providing food. Um, it was outdoors. So a uh, family friendly um, and good vibes environment. Um, so Good News A-Leaf uh, focuses in on the community of A-Leaf um, or side or area um, in Houston. Um, so A-Leaf is in the southwest side of Houston. Oh. Um, yes. So uh, it's an area that I grew up in. I'm, uh, I'm from. 
I went to uh, A-Leaf schools and A-Leaf is spelled A-L-I-E-F. Kind of like relief? Um, no. So like A-Leaf, A-L-I-E-F. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> and I have to say it like that because uh, people from A-Leaf are, we're very proud of, of our area, our community. So um, I, I'll, I'm always going to make sure that it's said properly. Um, and and so it's called Good News because it's really about spotlighting a lot of uh, good things, good people, good happenings um, in the community to also showcase that um, and kind of um, push forward a, a, a narrative that sometimes doesn't or a lot of time doesn't get pushed forward. Um, and then a lot of negativity may mm-hmm. uh uh, may showcase about A-Leaf. So good news is yeah. just a way to say there's a lot of great things happening here. It's been happening here, and I'm able to use my gifts to showcase that. Yes, excellent. So it's like a, a community um, based on a positive, right? Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, you can mm. you can see a bunch of videos, a bunch of photos, and just a bunch of content on Instagram. So if you go to at Good News A Leaf, you'll see a lot of that happening, or you'll see a lot of content there for that. So um, that's been one of the things I've been um, uh, producing lately. Well, that's awesome! Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Um, Joey, what have you been up to? Oh, um, I've just uh, been editing uh, for other people, I guess. And I'm also trying to find the time to finish uh, editing our second feature film for Art School Dropouts. And so that, yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah, just one person doing everything. (laughs) Oh, I understand that. I get it. (laughs) It's it's, it's, uh, like... And and um like, I, I guess it's it's just uh this time around I guess we're trying to mix a, a few technologies mm-hmm. together I guess because like, never we never really said it but our second feature film it's kind of um, I guess the tagline is like, our our it's like we film it's a it's a virtual reality film well like ninety three percent of it, kind of thing, mm. and you know so it's like uh, I guess one of the goals was to actually. Pre- like show a virtual reality film that is not like super science fiction. It's not like Ready Player One where it's like this very fantastical world where, you know, every IP that's ever created is like in this virtual world. It's like something that you could kind of, you know, like it, it's virtual reality that is accessible to people now. Like if they saw, like once they see the film, they're like, oh, okay, like that's really cool. And I, you know, then they're able to actually do whatever, what we did. And you know, kind of thing like that. And it's it's. Is uh, it more? Is it interactive in some way or? No, no, no. It, it's it's a little, it's still just a, yeah. a film, right? And uh, but with the story that you know we, like art school dropouts does, like, we're very like feel good, um, you know, martial arts comedy yeah. type of thing. So this thing is like a kind of our, um, I guess our our us trying to stake our head on a bigger story than what we are capable with because of resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being, in, you know, being in the virtual reality, we have like our action films are a little more, uh, you know, blockbuster, oh, okay. I guess, you know, it's not, it's not pure Bayham, but it's, it's, 
you know, it's it's a much bigger than what we are able to oh, do. Oh, yeah. that's that's cool. That's right? so, that's yeah. challenging yeah. as well. So yeah, so and I think that's what was taking us like really hard is because the fact alone that when we have this system, it, it I don't know how to explain it, but basically we have to do. We're actually filming inside virtual reality, so we're doing the same things. Like we, I actually mm. had to build a camera, build like cranes and, wow. and jibs and all this other stuff in virtual reality for us to go into virtual reality to like maneuver that you know yeah. equipment Interesting. and i think that's kind of funny so it, it's like filming a film in a in a fake uh, world uh, yeah in a fake world right yeah. and so we were hitting a lot of technological um obstacles simply because like okay well never no one has ever done that yeah. before right so it's like okay then we're trying to figure it out so that's why it took us like a bit longer, but we're trying to post production now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, Jason said something earlier that he was working on a short film, right, Jason? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hasn't been shot yet, which I actually like kind of coming in at that spot. Yeah. Um, but I think they have almost a final script, which I actually read today. And, um, yeah, it was really good. I can't say too much more about that right. particular project. Right, you signed project. an NDA. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, no, I'm excited about it, and after reading it, even more so. I'm, good I'm for excited. you. Yeah. yeah, and for you guys Thank you. to know that uh, Jason likes to come in before the production. Yeah, that is fascinating just uh, as somebody who has worked with a composer i find that absolutely fascinating because i like my composer was a part of like he's been a part of every production i've worked on Mm -hmm. um but he doesn't come in and he requests not to start working until i have it picture locked Mm -hmm. uh because because for him it's you know it's 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 like he needs to understand the beats and the timing and everything Mm -hmm. that i'm going for so yeah yeah i think um, I've worked in both ways, you know, maybe yeah. probably at this point, almost half and half in terms of the projects I've worked. On. Um, but I actually like working with a director earlier on if possible, because, um, then I, my music can actually have an influence on the production yeah. in a different way. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there was one project I worked on where it was a horror film. And it was a kind of similar situation where I had the script and I had written at least a couple cues. And then they took they liked those cues so much, the director and producer, that they took them to the set Mm. and they were listening to the to my music while Mm. they were, you know, shooting and stuff. So it's just a different I think it's kind of more collaborative in a way. Um, And I'm influenced heavily by music, so I love that idea. I think that sounds awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's it's very collaborative, and I for me for what I do, I think it requires a little bit more imagination. Like especially when I, if I'm just writing off of based on what I'm reading on the page, mm-hmm. and you know a conversation with the director. Um, but um, then you you know of course like if there's time, there'll be tweaks you know later down on the road when I have footage. You know then we can go in and like line things up, and we can have you know beats but also there's also a kind of fun thing that happens with editors too because if they have my music then they can cut to my music too you know yeah um which 
the directors I've worked it with so far, it seem to like to do that. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really collaborative and fun way for me to work. So um, that's fantastic. OK, did I forget anyone this time? We we covered no. everybody. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that was everybody. <laughs> OK, I thought so. Uh, but just in case, um, didn't want to do what I did the last time. Um, <laughs> so um, I wanted us to cover uh, some topics now that um, I wanted to throw these at you guys. Um, I wanted to cover one of them. It's kind of like a, a topic that's been going around all year long. Uh, really fast moving topic. Uh, AI. Uh, the benefits and the cons of AI. Um, is art even human? And that's the part of, because AI covers a lot. Obviously, it covers everything that, that we can imagine and then some. But trying to stay on this particular platform of art and filmmaking, storytelling, and all that goes into it, AI does have apparently some, some uh, benefits, but it also has some cons. And... Um, I wanted to get your guys, um, I, I wanted to, so I'm going to include a link for, for our listeners to go to uh, something that I wrote about how I, AI, um, the question that I raised, well, could it be AI that writes the story of humanity in the future and how it would do that? And if that would be good or, or bad, we'd really would just have an opinion on that we really wouldn't know uh, until that time when when we're not writing our own stories we're not telling our own stories um so i'll leave that there but i want to i wanted to talk to you guys about this what what your thoughts are so if you guys want to instead of me going down the line and asking each one of you if you guys want to just chime in Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hop in just because I'm super, super passionate about this subject and I've been getting in arguments uh, with various people. Um, I, I think AI is a great tool to um, assist, but I think it is a dangerous tool to sort of allow to take control of our storytelling, our art, our stories, how we connect. Um, I think that we as artists, I think the thing that is special about us is that we are able to feel uh, that, that we can learn from each other and our and experiences. And I think that for each of us, our voice is unique. It is what makes us individually us. And that is not something that AI can do. AI sort of aggregates and collects information from things that already exist, uh, but it's unable to have an original thought. And so... It will never push the boundaries in our industry. It will never push what storytelling can be. Um, and so it is something that frustrates me that there are studios and executives that are considering that because to me, what I connect with is human stories and We also, and I think, too, what bothers me on this subject the most is the fact that I look at it from two sides. I look at it from the part of do we want people to consume stories that AI tells, right? Or mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. humans. And then on the other side, 
do we want to keep telling our stories? Because there's a there's mm-hmm. the expression part of art is something we need to do. Sometimes we're making yeah. and creating things. It's therapy. Yeah, see, that's right. Yeah. That's why I say like I, I mean like art's kind of a yin and yang. I mean, there's the the mm-hmm. the studio machine can put out the content <clears> that they put, but that doesn't mean necessarily that the audience mm-hmm. is going to take it. So you have you have two sides. I mean, at any point with any of the people who are here on the on the on the in the panelists, like just because AI can do it, does that mean that we're going to stop creating art? Exactly. No. So like, there's going to no. be. A, I, f- I feel like AI is like, it's the new CGI in a sense. Like it has. Like at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's like we Ooh. all can tell mm. where we there's might the CGI. Stop. We might stop because we didn't grow up in the future, and in the future, if AI is creating these things, who's to say, right? That in schools they don't they don't support that. You know, like we grew up in art classes and writing stories and all these things in the future they may say to kids you don't get to do that anymore so so they may not know <clears throat> I, I think you uh, could or feel you that. could create a sci-fi world where there's like ai doesn't allow humans to have art form and then yet the art form does it i mean <laughs> at some point at some point in the like evolution of like the fish hopped out of the water at some point when it grew the legs, it, there was a drawing on the, there's like the caveman drawings and things like that. Like at some point, right. yeah. it's inherent. It's like right. certain people are the engineers and certain yeah. people are the storytellers in a tribe. And yes. there's, mm-hmm. I think yeah. even if you have AI doing it, like mm-hmm. even if the big machine, even if that's all that Warner Brothers and Disney, if all they ever did was do AI movies, yeah. I still feel like there's going to be like us mm-hmm. who are like, well, I don't have... I don't have the money for the AI to make my screenplay. Yeah. I guess I'll just have to go back to writing it, <clears throat> and then I'll write it and I'll shoot it with my phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and there because like yeah, and there will be an audience who will be like yeah, there will be an audience of like purists who are like oh I, I only watch just like right now. There's an audience of purists right now who like they don't watch. I know a lot yeah. of pretentious people who don't want to watch the Marvel stuff, but I, and I know a whole bunch of people who watch nothing but Marvel. They won't watch <laughs> anything with subtitles. Yeah. It could be the same thing. It's gonna be you have people who are like, yeah. oh, all yeah. I watch is like human form art, <laughs> and there might be other people who are like, oh, I just sure, love right. it. Because yeah. sure. like if <laughs> because yeah. if you think about it, actually, like you know, since we're talking about AI and what is actually just kind of regurgitated, like I don't know if anyone else here is like you know because. I, I am kind of a YouTuber, I mm-hmm. guess, like a filmmaker on YouTube. And, you know, seeing the generations on YouTube, if you think about it, like if, if we're talking about like AI generated content, I mean, there is people that just that are people that only create algorithm based content, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so and I like, hate them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, that's it's, also another thing that's happening with AI and art, too, because there are people out there uh, selling books that are completely AI yeah. and making mm-hmm. things. And they're the ones but that are telling you, you can make a million dollars. But and I made 15 books, sold right. them for fifteen thousand dollars each. And, you know. Yeah. But the, you, as you can hear it, though, it's they're not artists. They're just they're, they're business you know, they're people. Just business right. people Maybe yeah, the, right? But at the same time, if the you question think about is, said the artist, like, do I yeah, want to like, make a million I mean, dollars if, making my own art, or do I make want to make a million dollars making AI mm-hmm. art? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah. Or, or do the, I want to I mean, struggle and just self-express? Yeah. Because like that's right, sort of right. the journey. Yeah, my catharsisism and the audience's. Yeah, I think that's like the. I think that's really what YouTube is, right? The whole like, do I want to struggle or do I want to make my own art? Yeah, because in the age of clickbait. 
Yeah. Like I think especially in um well, I guess in like indie films, right? Or at least not even indie films, like YouTube yeah. films. Like for uh, the way for you to get views, right? It's like I'm just gonna hop on uh, a like you know a billion dollar IP because everybody knows it already. Because I don't want to make my own story to tell because I know I'll get like three it's people true. to view it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like especially in in our um, I guess circles too, like in the action film cinema. Everybody just wants to like, oh, um, uh, we're we redid the episode two, Witcher three, you know, mm-hmm. episode three or something, or or here's like this um popular, uh, you know, IP that we just kind of yeah. remade, yeah, you know, like stuff like that, and it and it's like, and that's the way, because you know, obviously, a lot of those people want to be unit people and they want to be hired by Marvel or Disney or whatever. I just but, think there's also you know for children, right that. Their their yeah, cognitive too, development right? is affected by all this, excuse me, but crap that we're putting out there for them to <laughs> consume. Uh, like uh, they're writing children's books, you know, through AI, and parents don't know how damaging that is for for children to consume, as opposed to spending time consuming books that are written by humans for the purpose of developing their brains. Yeah, but. So I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play but the devil's advocate. Like, you know, like 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 SpongeBob was developed <laughs> by humans, and I would say it's it's almost just as damaging. Like like to be fair, like we haven't done hmm. our best either in every spot, right? So, but but mm-hmm. AI is only gonna regurgitate like what we give it, and I think that I think that AI yes. is gonna it, I think that I don't I won't really believe that the power of it is gonna be to a point where. It's. I think we fictionalized this matrix idea that we're all batteries and whatnot so far that it's the idea that like, I think that even even we we'll get to a point where we get tired of AI, where like it just re it just starts rehashing itself, just like we're seeing right now with like the Marvel movies and people can shit on those, but like there's a time where it was nothing but war movies. Like remember that Saving Private Ryan, Thin Red Line era, right? And then bef- years before that, it was yeah. You know, there's a time where it's nothing but Western movies, right? And so. Yeah, I mean, I will say, though, I think that that part of that is... Oh, no, you sorry, go ahead, finish. Oh, I was just going to say that I do feel like, though, that it's 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 partly the executives looking at things as this is what's yeah. currently yeah. selling, and mm-hmm. so let's continue to pump these out, where it's like they're not taking chances on artists who have original, unique voices and stories to tell. Yeah. Because it's unproven, you know, it's it's unproven, yeah. and yeah. you don't know if it's gonna make money, yeah. right? So that's why. If it's not a so I I, I understand it, but at the same time, it feels kind of, you know, it feels mm-hmm. icky, right? Because like I've seen a lot of short films out there made, you know, obviously it's not like the next primer or something like that, but it's like it's a very good story, like you know, and obviously with the skill set like these people could do, and it's still you know, given given the chance to grow and to mature, there'll be. You know, I don't great know if you guys you saw know? or read about this, but there was somebody it, uh, a few months ago, I think it was a, a few months before the festival in April, that I read something on social media about somebody who actually went out and had AI write the screenplay and their shooting list, their shot list. And the AI actually mm-hmm. even told the camera person what lenses to use at what point and all mm. sorts of things like that. So it was literally like experimenting with AI making a film from start to finish uh, so that the camera person basically wouldn't have to really do anything other than follow the 
the instructions like you know like an architectural plan or something it's like it was ikea very films. intricate <laughs> it's like, right it's like ikea films <laughs> ikea we give you films. we give you the template we give you the, st- the shot list and everything and you make the film yep. like after that what cameras <laughs> yeah. you put in there what uh-huh. camera you got and what what you want to make it and it'll tell you like for each scene it would even do the color grading input all kinds of things it was just incredible and i just think you know what microphones yeah is it is it done I kind of want to see that because that sounds exactly like this. um, I know for this production house that they do, um, you know, promotions for uh, like martial arts schools that I know. And that sounds exactly what they tell the martial arts school owners to film their promo. So they Mm -hmm. could edit it like that. Yeah, I'll have to look for it and email it to you guys or something if I find it. Because um, I think they create, they, you know, the conversation on that was pretty incredible and the question was like well is this going to kill filmmaking i'm like no man it's still there's the art in film that's a very um you know i'm always talking about the science in filmmaking and then the art in filmmaking and the science part i think with everything ai can cover and the art part is the stuff we can screw up or make better i mean (laughs) i mean at the end of the day like even if the thing even if ai told you to use that lens like, isn't there the human element where you still look through it and you go like, no, nah, I don't like that shot. Like, it, well, at some yeah, point, if like, you know yeah. to do that. But, but I think that... Yeah, but if what yeah. if you never developed right. that I mean, skill I mean, just like the dads in the... We were talking about the old VHS tapes. Just like the dads in the 90s didn't know how to, like, zoom in and zoom out with, like, doing that, like, massive <laughs> jump from 10 times, 100 times kind of thing, right? I mean, at some point, you, I think I still think there is, at the end of the day, if if there's any Im- human input to it, there's still going to be the X factor to it. And even if all of the content that's put out there by the big studios is going to be AI driven, we still, us who do not work for Warner Brothers, still have the option to do whatever the hell yes. we want. Mm-hmm. And we still as get to be the, yeah, it's still the, the wild dog west for it. us. As long as we have the mm-hmm. will to do it, right. but the will comes from our own experiences and knowledge as well. Right. But I th- I mean, I will say, though, because this is something I've talked about in therapy because it's, it stresses <laughs> me out. Um, I think that we as artists, like I think we always have that drive. And so it's not even like if you are an artist at your core, yeah. you're not going to stop, you know, like like you're a storyteller because there's something in you that is like, I have to tell the story, yeah. you know. Um, and so like it's not even that like. Like, I mean, I I think it was Joey who just made the comment like, well, what if, you know, what if you don't know because you don't have the experience of like what lens you should you you should use? Like there's an instinct or 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 something in you that's like, this isn't fitting. This isn't what I want. Let's let's switch this up, you know. Um, And and I'm I'm saying that from my own experience, because uh, I my experience is is mostly in storytelling. I come from a theater background. and so moving to film was new for me, and it's been a decade-long uh, journey. Um, but having moved to film now, like, I am discovering my voice and my mm. uh, perspective as a filmmaker, you know? Um, and it's something that I'm constantly growing with. So, yeah, I think it's it's an instinctual thing that, like, artists will never lose, you know? What do you lose, think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, with AI becoming more prominent, it would be like a now almost like literally like rage against the machine uh with human storytellers and you know ai uh i think it'll uh, i think it'll push 
or if not already continue to create uh, uh, opportunities to where underrepresented communities uh, or underrepresented audiences um, can get their, uh, will kind of fight more to get their stories told um, because yes, AI could uh, do a great job in telling, let's say, mm, in giving us another Black Panther or, right. or giving us yeah. more Black Panthers. Um, but could um, AI in- interpret tell that the properly. story? Yes, or, or or not even, or let's say uh, a, a rising uh, Black film filmmaker or a rising Latino filmmaker or uh, anyone, any person of color, could they uh, mm-hmm. tell? Could AI tell uh, that story in particular? Um, and so mm-hmm. I think I, I see it as a, a rage against the machine, like literally now. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, so and and I think it'll and just then maybe move that even, whole thing forward of you know leaving people of color out. Well, yeah, I was gonna when you said that, yeah. ET, I thought, well, there's not even already a ton of existing films like, like big films, well, just even just media. Uh, mm-hmm. That's mainstream mm-hmm. for AI to even pull from, yep. to regurgitate. Yeah, <laughs> true. So yeah. to me, that seems like you know there's going to be folks very left out. But, but and I would say yeah. you know you know we and, we were having we were having that filmmaking. Caucasian problem though. Sorry to cut you off. We were having that we were having that re- representation <laughs> problem before AI came around though. Like that's of course that's, it's just just going to be yeah. worse. That's well, yeah, the thing is, like, but if that's what they're pulling from, yeah, it was like us doing it to ourselves and misrepresenting. You know, uh, I say this, I'm a white guy, white male, uh, heterosexual. So I'm like, I'm certainly in that class that, that's been, that unfortunately has been horrific to everybody for thousands of years. But like we, we but at that time, you know, it's, it's that it's like we that was the representation. It was the misrepresentation for a long time. And so, of mm-hmm. course, the computers, the supercomputers can be like, oh, I guess that's just the way we go, huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the da- that's the yeah. heartbreaking part. Yeah. And that's where like I I guess if I can kind of round up, I guess that's where mobile filmmaking can help to start to level off. I agree that with you. Because if uh now with being able to make short films, feature films with our smartphones, that's a, an extra or another opportunity to create more stories that that hasn't been told. Uh with that so and then it kind of it can kind of bring up a discussion well well you produced your film with ai so what i use my phone if you produce (laughs) your film with ai (laughs) yeah right um at least my you know yeah people that's the key right there the yeah because everybody (laughs) has the phone as opposed to you know the the other cameras yeah that i think what's what's happening is we'll get to a point where if if that's kind of my dream that more people are making movies with smartphones because more people have them then um the con the con uh how should i say this the amount of films that are out there right uh it's more about who's louder hollywood right yeah. is louder but you still have more content through smartphones yeah. after all 
and even with the strike mm. right now, I do feel like uh, I do feel like there is sort of like Mark Ruffalo right now is calling for people to go more indie, and I support mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but building off of what like like ET is saying, I think it's a, I think I I I'm so passionate about the indie circuit anyway because like we're we're able to tell the stories that we don't see in mainstream movies. Mm-hmm. Like like I'm driven by queer storytelling, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it excites me to see queer stories on screen because it's not something that I got to see a lot growing up, right, you know? Right. So it's 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 very exciting when you see an artist that you resonate with. And that and that's the key word, an artist. Like I love to find artists that that tell a story that make me go, damn it. Like, geez, <laughs> you know, I felt yeah. that, you know? Because that, that is yeah. what it is. It's very emotional in a way as far as, and I don't mean emotional like people crying and things like that. I just mean it connects with our feelings, you know? And yeah. and the art uh, artists um, are about expression. We need to express these things. And we turn yeah. to art to, to do that as opposed to, you know, things that are horrible. All right, before we get uh, take too long on AI. We'll have to touch back on this again, you know. Well, I do have a question. I was oh, say, go I'll, ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. If I can interrupt. So before we leave the AI part, what's interesting is so in the ne- mid nineties, there's an absolutely amazing film called Gattaca um, that came out. Oh and that, yeah. And that director later made a movie in two thousand two called Simone, but it's also spelled like Sim One. It's like S one M O N E. Has Al Pacino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2002 and it's a director Al Pacino plays a director who gets so frustrated with an actress she walks off on she walks off set and somebody approaches him with a technology of being able to like like do an AI as we will call it now like version of the perfect actress to put in his movie she becomes so massively popular that everybody wants to know like you know who she is, where she's at. He even does like a concert sure. thing where there, there's a hologram of her, and thousands of people are watching it. And it kind of like it, it became the AI he created became better than his art, and then he later seeks to destroy it. And it's just really interesting that like now, like 19 years later, mm. we're tackling this subject. Yes, of that. like what happens when the yeah. artists create the AI. Yeah. There's another movie that's even older than that. Uh, Albert Finney was in. It was called Looker. Okay. And yeah, where it it's out. like a murder oh. mystery thing, but it, as it turns out, the actors are all uh, robots, basically, that look completely human, and mm. they were replacing the human actors. So if you want, yeah, if you want to see that movie, that's back well, in that's the crazy. 70s or something. It's like Big. old. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I mean, this concept so has been going. And then iRobot. You know, with Will Smith is yeah. very philosophical yeah. in a way. I do have a quick question for Jason, though. Yeah. Uh, how does how is is so for acting and for not? I mean, yes, acting because they're scanning actors now, or they want to scan actors now and use their sort of likeness for as many projects as they can, as well as potentially doing it with the with the scripts. Is is there any threat at this point in the music side mm-hmm. of things? For sure. I think the first thing I heard of was a couple months back. There was, uh, you know, AI. People are using AI to make fake collaborations. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but like the first one I heard was a fake collaboration between Drake and The Weeknd, and it was released, and the like fans didn't know that it wasn't an actual track released by the artist. So it's been going on in music actually for okay. for some time. Um, so yes, 
and I think um, I think some some composers are a bit freaked out. I mean, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Isn't there like a whole genre of music made just by like Vocaloids, mm-hmm. right? Like. Yeah. Um. So my little uh, film festival song that I made, which is where the slogan "The red carpet is in your pocket" came from, <coughs> uh, was an old app that I had because I told you I every app there was <laughs> just about I would download it and um, I was uh, it, it was basically from some band or something that created this app this was on the iPhone 4 and it said it, we have the style of music and if you just make up a tune right we will turn that into a song mm-hmm. and it was so you have been doing I it too, Susie. I did it so long ago. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know. It was like 2010. You know, it was like after the iPhone 4 came out. And I made this little song, you know, with it. And I reached out to them, too, because I was, like, scared that if I used it publicly, they were going to sue me for copyright. I was so naive back then. But, um, yeah, I, it was, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. It just, wow. it just, um, it's just that now... You know, like like the article that I wrote, you know, it it was something that I was already thinking about because of the algorithms of the Internet. This was before chat GPT and all that came out. But if you think about chat GPT, which is the one that made the headlines, that's one aspect of it. AI has been happening for years and years and years before that. It's just been called different things and it's had different use it uses and it's it just hasn't alarmed people like it is now now this chat gpt thing happened and six months later or something it was like open ai with the biggest you know i I think they were like a a company trying to do something good and they went for profit and oh it just got it just went crazy you know Mm. oh you're talking about replica ai i think I think I read the, about yeah, that. Yeah, right? probably. Where it's like some some lady actually made an AI program to help her, um, like deal with like the loss of a friend of hers. So I, I guess like she fed like this this AI program that she made like her friend's I don't know whatever personality or whatever, so she could kind of talk to it. Then she made it for like for profit, so people could oh. use it no, as I, well. I was talking about OpenAI. OpenAI was made at first to be sort of open source for everybody, uh, and then it was, and they got a lot of funding and everything like that. And then, then they went uh, for profit. I don't have an account with them. I had an issue with their privacy thing. Um, and so I don't have an. I'm probably the last person on earth who doesn't have an account with OpenAI, <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, yeah. So all right. So let's move on. What do you guys say? So, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's like a, that's like a very big, big yeah, yeah topic. But I, yeah, I think you know, I think we, we touched we touched on it, and we can come back to it because I think it's just going to be something that we should go back to. And keep going back to, Mm -hmm. I think, especially because of what we all do, you know, um, I think it's important. Um, So what do you guys say? I think uh, this one may be pretty important to our listeners. Uh, What will a new smartphone really make your film better? We know the iPhone 15 is coming out soon. 
and other Android phones are going to be coming out very soon. And there will be people out there telling uh, our listeners, hey, you want to make a film, you want to get the latest phone because that's going to have the best camera on it. What do you guys think? Well, of course the manufacturer is going to sell the product. So they're going to tell you, you know, even if they, um, even if the only thing they changed is just the glass on the lens, like they're going to tell you it's the latest and greatest. Um, I can say for myself, I shot a feature film on an iPhone 6. Uh, so, you know. And it's still good. Yeah. Well, oh. Yeah, I think well, I appreciate you died that. because you. now a new phone came out, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, are there some things that I learned and I could, I haven't, now I currently have an iPhone 11. Uh, which I'm still dated on at, when I say that. But to me, it's like, oh, this is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, are there are some things I could benefit on. Sure. But I think that, I think that like, the new, the latest and greatest phone. But I think with anything, though, like, even people would yeah, it's say. Like, it's, like, it's like, do you golf with a Nike or a Top Flight? Like, I mean, or is it the golfer? Yeah. Right? I, I, think, <laughs> yeah so. I think, look, yeah. uh, Joey, can, Joey can answer to this because you're on YouTube all the time, Joey. And so you know that, uh, you know, 99 <laughs> out of 100 YouTube videos is on, you know, camera comparisons and, you know, the um, they're not called authorities. Mm-hmm. What are those YouTubers called? Um, yes, the, the influencers. They're the authorities are, now. You know, <laughs> Yes, the authorities. I, mean, <laughs> I like that. They're the authorities. The authority. Well, but th- that's there's the thing no too, authorities. Though. Like, um, but but the influencers, right? They're there to s- influencing is more like selling. It's just another way of saying. I mean, they're literally being yes, paid. And yes, they're getting their product. But even even, but even though, like in the indie filmmaking world, right? Like so, um, uh, like you have like the film school, like elites, and like the you know like the homebred filmmakers right like you know like you could if your film is good your film is good yes but yes you know there's um it's i think a lot of the elitism of anything there's like that gap where they say like oh if you don't make your film with an ari or something like that or Or if you don't spend like minimum like 500 like half a million dollars (laughs) on your short film it's not a real film right because it's not industry standard and i have friends like that yeah right and it's like it's so very frustrating because it's like you know because sometimes it's like like telling a story shouldn't have to limit you yes you know with your equipment right It, it doesn't matter like okay cool like that's your thing and you're doing hollywood standard because you're whatever right but like i I like this person's story who filmed their stuff with, mm-hmm. you know, with a, a Sony a7 III or a phone or a Canon, you know, like 7D, who cares, right? But if it's good and that story resonates with me, then what's stopping other people from liking that, right? It's just that I get it when some there there's the point in time where the technicality of filmmaking gets too... Pretentious. There's so much more yeah, than the video. too pretentious to the actual you know, story. To it. You know, like, yeah, I'm thinking exactly. about Jason. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> thinking about you right now we were talking in in our episode you know uh 149 with you right about how having good music right the film score the right one and everything how the quality of that film can be raised by that and, and the yeah. audio mm-hmm. like you know levi the, the good audio that you have on your film paralysis Without that good audio, it just brings down your film to like half the quality. So it wouldn't matter if you used 
you know, um, a $20,000 camera if the audio is not good. Yeah. So there's other aspects of it. And yeah. that's part of like, you know, the same thing with smartphone filmmaking, a lot of people don't get is that you don't, you shouldn't really, if you're making a narrative film, um, I mean, if you're making a documentary for B-roll and things like that, even it's okay. But normally you don't attach audio to a camera when you're making a film anyways, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, building off of what you're saying, like I started shooting iPhone films in 2014 when I had an iPhone 4S. That's all I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was very passionate and I just had stories that I wanted to tell and it didn't matter you know, if, if the picture quality was going to be to industry standard, I just wanted to tell the story. Um, and, and like eventually I moved up to the six and I lived with the six for a very long period of time. And I will say at this point, having shot on four different iPhone films, I think the six was actually my favorite. Um, I really enjoyed shooting with an iPhone six. Um, paralysis was shot with a, both an 11 pro and a 12 pro. Um, and there was a lot of frustrations with that because Apple has now created this sort of dynamic range thing that causes, even when you lock the lighting, like it still, it causes yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, like no matter what new technology, like there, it might be a better camera, but there's still going to be some sort of issue with it. Um, but for me, it's like, it's just the instrument I'm using to tell the story that I want. And my favorite compliment that I've gotten um, from reviewers and from people who have just watched the film is I forgot I was watching an iPhone film. And I'm like, good, because I want you to get lost in the nice. story. You know, like it's not about yes. the fact that I shot it on, a, that, uh, shot it right. on an iPhone. It's, it's, about, it's about the story, you know? Um, but it's inspiring. It's yeah. inspiring that you shot it on a phone because that way somebody who's watching it knows, oh my God, yeah. I got a phone oh, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. But, but it doesn't yeah. have to be. I, I see, I've been coming up with this. The first, when I first started, you know, the film festival and things like that. This is way too many years ago. But <laughs> people, the first question that people would ask me is like, well, which phone is better? And I was like, oh, my God, really? Like it. Whichever one's exactly, in your pocket. Whichever you know? one like, you want. Yeah. To and also, yeah. you know, at, and now here we are, 2023, right? And people are still asking the same question. Yeah. All right. So I think we're, we're, we're pretty much what we're telling our listeners is that if you want to know if you should get a new phone, right, to, to make a, a better film, you don't need to. Yeah, let the story Just make be a good the, film. The, the, the driving. Yeah. Right? Yeah, finish your yeah. script, tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. But if 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 I'm just talking about the technical, like the actual presentation of of, you know, what the audience yeah. sees or something, I think audio design, like the sound design, is is oh, much totally more important. Like, yes. You'd see people that, like I said, they would film stuff on an Ari, but then for some odd reason, they want to make it look like it's from the eighties. Yeah. Like why? You know what's the yeah. what's the what's the point of that? Right. But then, but the audio is still very crisp. You yeah, know? audio it's, it's, is always more I, I, important. That's what I've been it's learning. The, you know, me. they say it's half the picture, and I'm like, no, it's more like eighty percent of the picture. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's My favorite film from 2015 was Tangerine by Sean Baker, and he shot it on I think it was an iPhone Five. Seven. Um, it was a but five S. Five. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, 
and but the audio is incredible and like even though like the image might not be the most incredible thing it's an incredible story you know like it's it's so Moondog's yeah. lap yeah. Moondog laps oh, I have was to like check out all yep. of these yep. things that you guys I love that. it's not just shot reverse shot stuff I mean there's some things in there that he's pushing the camera he's taking also advantage of, of uh, how how they can shoot on sidewalks without getting the permits and things I mean there's yep. a lot that they're doing with yep. that and I, I'm not saying anything against the audio. I'm just saying that like there, there's a lot of benefits that they that they attributed, but also the yeah. way that the camera moves. You know, it's just not just using the phone and putting yeah. it from the actors. The way that they're pushing here, there, things that that like really. Oh yeah, like, no, the way he yeah, shot it, it is beautiful. Sorry to interject. I was also going to add to that is. Go ahead, Jason. Please, yeah. Part of, part of it is learning the gear that you already have, and mm-hmm. taking it. Yes. As far as you can until you kind of hit a ceiling. And then maybe you need to upgrade. I I think that's a great point. Yeah. But isn't that the thing, too, what I was saying earlier, though? Like, if you, once you hit, like, once you feel like you hit a ceiling, then you upgrade, Mm -hmm. then you learn other things. You realize, like, you could go back to your older equipment and be like, oh, I could really push this thing now. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like, way farther than anyone yeah I, th- I think the key so is, think is cool knowing how creative you can get and how far you can challenge yourself before you hit that ceiling because in a way we're always hitting ceilings in this industry <laughs> that we're in uh because we always want to push it we always want to make that cool shot we always want to make that cool scene you know uh ryan was talking about um you know the difference between acting right and directing uh, the last time and how sometimes he films something, right, Ryan? You film something and you're like, oh my God, that was awesome. That was just like these, you know, like some famous director shot made <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so. I mean, even going back to the AI conversation, though, like what <laughs> we're saying right now, that's not something AI yeah. could do. Like the fact that we are all learning the equipment that we have that is available to us, even if it's like considered one of the lowest grade uh, cameras, like the fact that we're finding ways to push the boundaries with it and and do exciting things that AI would never That's think about so doing with true, it. That's so true because know? it's not human. It doesn't yeah. have the desire for. It doesn't even know where to find yeah. a mm-hmm. desire to challenge itself in that way. It just it can only pull from what's already there. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay, one yeah. last thing now. Um, what genres can benefit from smartphone cameras? Don't speak. Let me say this one. <laughs> horror. I think horror is one of the genres that really benefits from smartphone cameras. And I'm just going to give you one example of why horror does that. Well, well, I'll give you two. One of them is you see the films that were in the big theaters and they made like, I don't know, 15 of them by now of the ones of the, um, oh, 15 of them. And I already forgot the name of it, but you'll understand what I'm talking about. The ones where, uh, their, the houses are haunted and their, their phones are picking up stuff. And then they use, you know, um, uh, the home cameras and all those things to capture what's happening in the house without them knowing while they're sleeping and things like that. Uh, the new found footage films, um, you know, are also another one. But to me, one of the things that I've always thought iPhones would be really cool for in horror was because you could give the perspective of the victims. 
from it. Um, I was in a Halloween uh, podcast episode, and I was telling uh, Aaron, Aaron Naboos, giving him a shout out here. We all know. Yeah, Aaron. Uh, Love Aaron. So uh, I was telling him about how you could you could have the victim holding the the camera, right? And you could give and as the bad person was dragging the body across somewhere, the victim could give the perspective of their point of view of the killer dragging their body. Susie, you need to know, write a know, film. That's, that's that's your film. Like that's yeah. That, yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. can all steal that scene now, but, uh, <laughs> 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 but but that's one of them. And and then submit it to the mobile, the international. No, no film I, that would be horrible if I submitted <laughs> it to the film festival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but the but those are one of the, you know just imagine that you know because. I think it's easier to give. It, you could even tape it to a, a cadaver, not a real one, guys. <laughs> like you know, a fake dummy or whatever. You could tape it onto a bag of sand or whatever you're using to pretend it's a person, and you're not that worried about it. But you know, I don't know about giving my. I mean, I don't know people will do it, but I think it, the the angle because it's such a small camera compared to something larger would become more intimate in a bad way in a horrific way than i think uh, a big camera with big lenses would do so i'd love to comment on this because i did shoot a horror film with a mobile phone um so uh also my second film was a pov film so um my second mobile film was a p and actually i submitted that to you and that was the first film that you accepted so thank you um and that was in like 2015 or 16. Um, so yeah, so I feel like I, I absolutely see what you're saying. Um, and I, I a hundred percent agree. I think that, I think that the horror genre is an exciting genre to film, uh, with, with an iPhone or with a mobile phone. It doesn't right. have to be an iPhone. Um, the, the thing is, uh, y- I guess you have to decide ahead of time if uh, the picture quality, you know, like, um, how much that matters like if you're shooting POV, I think grainy footage is mm-hmm. acceptable. Um, I think it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, but if you are shooting something like I uh, attempted with paralysis, um, it's it's a little more um, technical. Um, and I think that like we had to pump a lot more light because the because the phones are still not yet prepared to shoot in mm-hmm. low light. Um, so, so I think going into, uh, making a horror film with a mobile phone, you just need to sort of have a clear idea of what you want. If you are doing POV, there's a little more, um, flexibility. And I think if you're doing, uh, something a little more, um, thought out or cinematic that you're trying something that way, then, uh, then I think you just need to be prepared to pump a lot of light even in the dark scenes, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of post-production work that would be challenging. Yeah, yeah. It took me a year <laughs> and a half f- with post-production for Paralysis. It took it, it took us <laughs> 16 days to shoot it, and it took me a year and a half to edit it. Yeah, but you're it, meticulous, so yeah. and that's yeah. why you won so many awards. I'm yeah. anal as hell, <laughs> yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, awesome. What about you, E.T.? What do you think? Um, I would say experimental films. Um, for sure, as far as, uh, um, mm-hmm. yeah, being able to, cause 
in in the in the space of experimental, you're already going against uh, just convention, and uh, I think it's then it's just a matter of creativity of what you can do uh, with your mobile phones. It's experimental films are some things I want to get more into um, with my mobile phone. Yeah. So um, I love that aspect. And then my next thing would be documentaries. I yeah. Feel that. Yeah. Uh, mobile phones. Um, I mean, I do that pretty much uh, uh, for myself in a, in a way, just more short form uh, documentary style. So um, I would love mm. to see more or be able to produce more longer form documentary style with mobile phones. So I think one of the things that I've seen because of what I do <laughs> um, with documentary forms with mobile phones is that the people make the mistake of always just Yes, you can, and they're great for documentary filmmaking, they're great for B-roll, they're great for a lot of things, but they forget that in in more film narrative style documentaries in, in some way, interviewing people is still a big production. And it's not mm-hmm. about, ju- let me just grab you on the corner of the street and get the audio straight out of my phone <laughs> and have these people cheering right. in the background. That's not an yeah. interview that yeah. belongs in a documentary. It's, I mean, it's part of the B-roll, right. you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's even matters based on the person you choose who can give you that yeah yeah uh, that that element that pulls an audience in because some you can you can interview anybody and they they can give you because you want experts blank answers or yeah so someone who can really be a personality just naturally mm-hmm. um, while mm-hmm. still uh, connecting with your audience well uh, that matters too before you even hit acting yeah. or. Uh, film. I have a strong connection to documentary filmmaking for, you know, personally, so. Yeah, so actually, I have a, I have yeah. a question, actually, for the documentary people here, then. How about those, um, like I said, another YouTube question here. Um, what about those people that actually produce, like, like the, uh, a higher-end vlog? Because, like, the, the idea of, like, a non-photojournalistic style of mm-hmm. documentary, right? Like, would it? Would you still consider that? Yes, like of course. A, a, a viable yeah, documentary. Yeah, it's just so. Documentary is still a story. You're still telling a story, mm-hmm. and when you're documenting mm-hmm. something, there's one thing. So, so when you're out and about and you witness something and you document it, that's part of a greater story. And what happens if 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 you have the documentary filmmaker? personality or whatever then that challenges you I want to get the whole story behind this one thing right that urges you a documentaries also change while you're making the documentary the story can change on you based on facts and things that you find out about it you know but it always comes from the perspective of the person that's documenting uh, documenting, I should say, I'm so sorry, <laughs> uh, documenting the story to to go out and tell the, the story around that one piece. And with vlogging, for the most part, from the ones that I've seen, uh, it's just someone telling their own story, but they're not going out and capturing the other perspectives, which is why, you know, uh, the documentary filmmaking that, E.T. and I are talking about 
uh, you go out, let's say you want to talk about, you know, the whales or something, you know, what's going on with the whales, you want to go to the Marine Biology Center or the university, you want to get experts and things like that. Well, right. But what if, like, since I understand that vlogging is a very selfish type of um, narrative, right? And, well, yeah, I mean, if if I'm, if, uh, for the most part, right? So if vlogging, if I'm talking about, oh, hey, guys, this is my right, day right. or something, right? And it's, I'm oh, just, I see oh, what I'm, you mean, yeah. You know, and, and, right? And it's like, it's, I am the expert and I am the content. And, you know, if that's the, the, the purpose of it, then wouldn't that still fit well, the, the whole, so the, like, there is the perspective of this is my story and I can tell it. Again, if it's story based, right? It, it's not really selfish to share your own story in your perspective. It's how you go about it. Mm, Does that okay. make sense? Yes. You're, Thank you. Yeah, I actually do watch some of those vlogs that you're talking about um, because I, I'm constantly trying to consume mobile filmmakers. Um, and so some of those vloggers are mobile filmmakers. Um, and so I've seen some that it does feel like, oh, this is really interesting, and they're telling a story about their about their day. And then there are some that feel a little bit like this is just artistic shots that I'm setting up, um, and but there's no there's no connection at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like I, I, I understand what you you're saying, Joey, because it feels mm-hmm. like both exist. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it always comes down to stories. <laughs> I, I, I like. It. Yeah, it really for me it comes yeah. to a story, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. in that yeah. in that kind of an aspect, it's almost like you come into the middle of the story, right, and you never leave. Right. Yeah, I guess so. It, it, it's because it's sometimes you know like certain people have a way of telling their own story that's actually yeah. kind of interesting. You know, mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, yeah. like I watch, I'm like, oh, I really like how they did that. I wonder if I'm able to apply that to you know, whatever story that I might want to tell in the future, but, you know, keep that technique or, or that idea in the Rolodex of ideas in my head, you know? So that's it. I just wanted to... Yeah, I just think that, I mean, I'm fascinated that. by, you know, documentaries. I think they're highly important in in our society, you know, to be able to do that and to do it well, because in the end, you have to have a purpose almost with every good documentary there's a purpose to it and i think as a filmmaker making documentaries you ask yourself those questions who does this benefit you know who who am i reaching out to they do have a target audience as well and what is my message and what do they they kind of insinuate if they're not blunt about it um an action at the end you know like something that you do well uh, I just learned all about someone with Alzheimer's I want to give to this charity you know things like that All right. Well, I so I mean, moving away from kind of the blogger part, but like on the iPhone, I would ask the question as far as like, um, what's the best genre for the iPhone? I'd say I, it actually goes to like why the iPhone or why not the iPhone, but like why a mobile film. I mean, so right. is the best, you know, because for any particular project, it could be the why is because it's budgetary reasons. The why could mm-hmm. be because it's in your back mm-hmm. pocket. You know, I, there was a time where my why was because mm-hmm. we could. Uh, it was like it was like a challenge. Like, can we do this? Uh, let's do that. Um, and f- almost as, or, or it could be the why could be. And I was as we were chatting, I was thinking about the movie Collateral 
by Michael Mann. And I thought to myself, I was like, you know, he shot that on uh, digital when digital was not a thing to do. And the why was because he wanted that L.A. background um, in all the shots where and you can see he kind of did it in heat a little bit. There's some there's some exterior shots of heat where there's uh, there's a De Niro and his and the girlfriend um, are on his balcony. And you can tell it's kind of like the background is not real. And it's because he wanted that like he wanted that like hmm. L.A. background, but he couldn't shoot it on film. But then by collateral, he can shoot hmm. he can shoot. Tom Cruise and then have all of LA's like background uh, behind him because of the of how much light it does capture post production right. and stuff too yeah so yeah. so is you know sometimes it comes down to is what's the why and it can be because nobody yeah. will notice us shooting this movie on the street and we don't need a permit to do it. That could be the why. Yeah. It could be the why. Is that is a you know, big aspect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Because uh, yeah. actually, too, a yeah, massive and as, benefit and to as shooting. As Su- <laughs> and as Susie always says, because it's in your pocket, right? And it's like we can always whip it out yeah. and, and, and have it right there, and we're ready to shoot on the fly uh, in a documentary style. So I'd say, like, yeah. yes, I do agree that, I mean, horror is easy to pick in that sense because, like, horror films notoriously are not $100 million movies. Um, so budgetary wise, that, sure. that can narrow down. I would say the the genre could be indie, right? The intimacy of a shot, you know, of a scene shot with a mobile phone can be really scary if you don't want to be intimate in that scene for that particular purpose. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to the intimacy of, um, you know, shooting waves at the beach, you know, or even food stuff. It's like, oh my God, I'm so there for that, you know, but uh, somebody is hacking my foot away. I, I don't think I want the intimacy in that scene, right? And that can be so morbid. Yeah, I just feel like yeah. the same way that we argue, uh, you know, iPhone or, no, or DSLR is probably like on a higher end, the same way one filmmaker might say, oh, 35 millimeter, and the other one says, no, I'm going to do 70 millimeter. <laughs> Like IMAX, like it's the yeah. same. Or somebody yeah. wanting to make, yeah. wanting to force theaters to show their film by rebuilding the entire theater, perhaps. Yeah, and so there's. You I, guys I, hear about that? Yeah, and I think, well, it's the no. it's the Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah, because you get diehard oh, like yeah. Tarantino uh, did it too. Filmmaker. Yeah, and so I'm saying is like is yeah. you know is there a why behind it? And I think that for me, there's been times where the why was because yeah. like, well the camera person the person who had the camera because i'll be honest i haven't upgraded a camera since the gl2 canon gl2 back when it was shooting oh my god i used to have that one i still got i'm staring right at mine right (laughs) uh so uh, so i've always worked with a dp who had a camera but there's been times where the dp didn't dropped out or something like that so we were sourced to the phone there's another time where the why was i was wondering yeah can we shoot on a phone i was like that'd be really cool so it it depends on the i think the why and you know, and if, if the why is like, well, I, yeah. I would really love to see this in 70 millimeter. Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess that's that's why, right? Like we, we with the earlier thing we we're talking about, like the the, uh, the wall that we kind of put on ourselves that the AI would never really um, break. It's because like, yeah, like it, I, I guess all of our, you know, perceived um, ceilings is just there. We just... Once we get new ideas, we could just break it, right? I mean, like an AI would never do it because yeah. that, it's the why. It's really the why. Yeah. About like, what is the reason that I'm telling the story right now? Like, yeah, I think that that drives it more than anything. And how bad you want to tell that story. Yeah. You know, yeah. the driver. 
So ultimately, don't you think then? Because like, I, you know, I guess from hearing you guys too, and I was thinking about it. Um, I think in a weird way, AI. AI would on like would honestly just stand to benefit like the writers and the creatives because, you know, there's a lot of obstacles for us, right? Like you know, trying to create something, but then if if like a lot of the like the lower base level needs are met, we're able to like stand on a new platform to reach new heights. Yeah, I it's think. like gra- it's like well, graphics. Okay, there's like all these automated things that you can you know get as plugins for Photoshop and things like that that could make your process so much faster, you know, uh, and apps do that, you know, for graphics and things like that. So yeah, there's, there's, there's some truth to that. The problem I think is the ingenuity that you can do something as a human being, you can, you can go through the problem solving process and invent new ways of doing things that can ultimately Mm -hmm. be very efficient. Yeah. But also like, I don't know. I, I I guess I'm going back to the AI we conversation. We're I just, just feel there like, again now, yeah. anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. I just I just feel like there's there's like I don't know. I'm losing my train of thought. But 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 it. I just feel like we wouldn't have movies like everything ever no. all at once yeah, if we, we didn't. It, like AI would have never made something nope. like that, you know. Um, and so we need we need like and my fear with AI is just that we're gonna lose like. I feel like there's a big enough audience that will uh, embrace the AI AI films, um, and it, it just it's worries like, me. It's like remember I last know. time when we were talking about the templates, right? AI would be really good at doing that because they're already there. Or uh, what do you mean the, the templates? templates for making those big blockbuster? Black bluster, uh, buster. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Films that generate a bunch of income that people want to go and see sure. the show and, you know, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ryan, well, you I was going to you know, um, okay, so I think we've all seen at some point, like, the, the, the stuff that's, like, Batman, if, like, Kurosawa had directed it, right? Kind of images... Or like if Wes Anderson mm-hmm. did Star Wars and mm-hmm. isn't in a way mm-hmm. the person who's able to type that algorithm out or whatever you need. I don't know if the word is algorithm, but the way that, the way that they're able to tell the AI to, to do that, isn't that its own art form in a sense? Because like I've typed in a couple of things. I was like Bruce Willis is James Bond and I got crap. So, the ability to do that, like its own thing, and I and I feel like as we as we rehash over the AI, it's like we, we I mentioned this earlier. Like all of us have shot on something bef- bef- way before the iPhone, so I'd imagine that we all at some point have sh- have edited in a non in a very linear fashion. And I would imagine that oh, Susie, you, like you, uh, I know you, I did. I we, had I can, to. I can imagine yeah. a time where we used to do it tape, tape to tape, right? And so the conversation you have mm-hmm. from tape to tape to the like, oh well, look at this crap they're doing now. With these kids, all they have to do is just, it's just a video file, but they have to convert the footage from the digital into a into a, look or at from all those a skaters. tape file. They're just like going to grab a phone. Yeah, like are yeah. are we are mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. at the end of humanity, or are we just at the next like? crux of the same conversation we have as artists decade after decade right but like but what you guys are saying though sorry i mean i don't mean to interject but like the idea of 
like when you guys were saying like tape to tape like I, I think there's nobody that I think nobody holds the 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 idea of like oh this is how you cut you know footage together I think editing that is just that's that's just like as simple as like brush stroke of a of a brush right or, or a pen stroke but what you're what you're saying about with the AI it's like there's like this thing that happened on YouTube again recently there's this group uh they're like a um like a special effects company and they're called they're called Corridor Digital and they they were promoting the fact that they can um make like uh like they can make anime already or or like you know like uh you know something like animated works but what they did was they they took their uh, AI learning machine and took the style of you know very classic famous like animators and their style of art from back then and they fed that into like a machine and it just redrew whatever they filmed like in you know in that style now what you're saying is like that that's that's the difference now like they're actually taking somebody's yeah. art style and applying it like a filter to their to their you know video jason right somebody comes to you and says i want to use your music in this film that i'm making but it's all porn and murder and it's you know and all this stuff you're gonna go not my song i don't want my mm -hmm. song to be relate i mean i'm thinking that you would say that uh, i don't my want song. my song to be used in that so that when people see and hear my song again they're going to be thinking about that because i can't use that on a disney movie or something later you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so there's that mm -hmm. also there's also and there's a very um I don't know, for me anyway, with music, like it's sometimes really hard to separate a visual from a yep. song. Like like once I see mm. a Jimi Hendrix song or something in a car commercial, it's like really hard for me to yeah. separate the two. So, I mean, I guess it's one thing like if his estate, as one example, is OK with that and they need the money or whatever reason behind it. But if the artist has no say whatsoever in it, I don't know, it's just kind of like a free for yeah. all. Yeah. yeah, there's so much of that. Okay, so listen, uh, what we're going to do um, is we're going to have to go back to AI again, uh, and we'll we'll try and pin it down to one instead of, you know, like we'll talk about specific parts of AI that are bothering the heck out of almost everyone who's listening to this, <laughs> uh, and we'll analyze it more in detail because I think, you know, uh, we really need to talk about this it's a pretty hefty it really topic, is and yeah. it's actually more important than a lot of people realize realize yeah, especially yeah. i mean I even within this conversation we've opened up each other's eyes into you know perceptions that are like well hold mm -hmm. on maybe for that it's very complicated yeah yeah because yeah, i think the idea of automation is is not that's you know that does affect like yes. unit people right in, in hollywood right and i get that you know, right now they're, you know, the biggest topic is like, oh, the writers and the creatives and, you know, obviously I think that we know that you will never be able to really replace um, yeah. ideas, right? So you will always need those creatives. But what if now you have like this ro uh, robotic AI, like sound, like, you know, like sound guy machine, right? Like with that, like, you know, is, is that like a big deal to people? That's iRobot right there, where they took the technology of artificial intelligence and put it into a physical machine that was a robot shaped like a, 
you know, had arms and legs and could run and flip. I mean, we have those two technologies. They're just not together right now. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like the, the uh, cons- like commercial filming, like they have those robots where you literally can dial in like very specific, like move camera yeah. movements. Right. I mean, would that replace cameramen? Is, is that like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you still need a person to actually tell it what to do. But what if it's the technology itself that's telling it what to do, though? But that's the thing. I think we all know, as the creatives, right? Like, we, you would never get rid of the conductor of the art of everything. That's a great way of saying it. As long as we realize the value as humans, right? Growing up three generations from now, that 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 is what we that is good for us. That we get to experience that and see the potential for what we what it can do for us because like we were saying earlier you know with um mm. i almost called you eli right. uh levi uh, and me, oh. uh about you know uh, the problem with not knowing the therapeutic aspect of art you know yeah. is that you miss out on it and you don't even realize that you're missing out on it yeah, and there's also something to physical tactile experiences with mm-hmm. materials that I'm not saying it's bad, you know, but to, to use computers or tablets or whatever, but there's also, I think, um, there's something tactile, you know. So I have a young daughter, and so she's obviously, like, really interested in iPads and stuff, and that's fine in moderation, but I'm also like, well... How about we just get some paper and crayons and, and draw yeah. together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because Going having out there me and personally the having studied at the beach between the your Im- fingers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. It's just yeah. a different mm-hmm. experience, a different tactile yeah. experience. Right. And it opens oh, you up. Let me, it opens wait, up your imagination. I, I, I'll stand in for Ryan and I'll be like the um, devil's advocate. Oh, we got a lot of devils here <laughs> <But> tonight. <laughs> <laughs> because he's from yeah. Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I do agree with everything. It's just that, but, you know, would you want to also limit, like, say, the newer generations from learning the technology that will be, you know, propagating the future, right? Like, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, shouldn't they know, like, Absolutely. You know, what's going, so that's, yeah. I, I kind of, I agree I said with in you, like, both ways. Yeah, you're right, you're yeah. right. Because actually, I was thinking like, yeah. earlier today, just thinking about, in music and technology and just thinking, well, a violin is a piece of technology. It's really old mm-hmm. and we kind mm-hmm. of, it's just really accepted now, but it's also at one point it was new and it's evolved over time. And so of computers, you know, so I've been trying to think about it, just AI in terms of it just being a piece of te- technology, but it also has other layers to it, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, economic and business layers to it. Mm-hmm. As well as creative. We are definitely going to be talking about this again, for sure. Um, yeah. There's there's no way yeah, around yeah. that. So um, how do you guys think we can end this conversation on a more positive note for our listeners? <laughs> tell the story you want to tell. Right? Like, you know, just, just do, do it. Just do it. Uh, by the way, our film festival uh, sub- that ex- is accepting submissions of films smartphone photos, screenplays, short screenplays. Um, we also added to the rules no AI um, stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, 
We no, I always have that. this thing about editing um, from the beginning where no no app or software that automatically makes edit decisions for you is allowed, but I've added the AI aspect to it. I didn't even know there were apps that Oh do yeah, that. there's those those ones that yeah. will create a montage for you on your on your iPhone itself it will do that. Even yeah, wow. uh, that's yeah, always been about the case. ten years old. Man. Yeah, where they're have you been, Levi? Wow, yeah. I'm that far behind <laughs> where I've been. Come <laughs> on, Levi. Yeah, that's um, wow. But how can you tell? Well, though? I just you know uh, the footage has you know encoding and things like that. But uh, don't ask me to prove it because everybody signs a contract with that thing, and if we get if mm. we catch them. If they get caught, they're going to be, w- mm. once they're in, they get publicly embarrassed because we'd have to tell people, oh, they're disqualified. This person did that. <laughs> you know, yeah. obviously that's yeah. not something you oh want on your man. record. Wow. They used AI yeah. editors. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it was just something. Now I'm curious what the apps are. I use Final Cut. What what are these apps? So, like- <laughs> I mean, think about it for a film festival. I mean, all film festivals need to do this, but there is a film festival that is actually accepting only i mean it's encouraging it wow. yes so wow. uh but so you know how you That's guys know f- right <laughs> so i'm very big on the arena right being an equal opportunity for everybody as far as the competition and all that yes. stuff and so it would be ludicrous for me to say oh yeah but ai is okay so you know you the human artists will compete with ai machines i just felt like i should bring that up um because it's something that a lot of people unfortunately don't read the rules uh but i encourage you to read the rules before you give your money away to a film festival including mine uh so Mm -hmm. not that i don't want it but not in that premise (laughs) 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 so and the honesty is appreciated Levi, there was an, an app I remember like 2015, 2016 called Magisto. Oh, um, yes. It was pretty popular then. I don't know what it's like. It was now, an online app thing. Yeah. Called Magisto? Magisto, M A G I S T O. And you could upload. Where have I been? <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy yeah, to me. You could upload your video, you can choose a song, and. You know, wow. you hit the uh, oh. edit button and then you wait about a minute or so. It emails you telling you your video is ready. You can you can wow. make up to a minute of a video and then you look at it like, oh, this is uh, OK. I'll give it uh, four stars. Oh, uh, no, it's okay. not. Oh, it's actually turned out bad. Give it two. remix it. And and until you're satisfied with it. Um yeah, I used to I use it. I think I'm it. too anal to do something <laughs> like that. I am such a perfectionist yeah. that I could mm-hmm. never do that. Like, but you could, I think it, yeah, it you uses could tell, like audio some, to really. <laughs> some of like the faces would be cut off after a while. Like faces would be cut off. Sure. <laughs> it wouldn't capture things quite wow. like you would do it. You know, if you're editing it yourself. But yeah, if you wanted to put a 60 second video, we'll thing. take the photos of my film festival event photos. You know, and it would put together this uh-huh. thing with a little tune. I, I always change the tune and replace some photos sure. and things like that. And it's yeah, yeah. quick and 
you know. I mean, I guess I've seen that, like the albums where it like makes yeah. a suggestion, and I'm like, oh, that's cute yep. and clever. Yeah. Um, but I, I never really them. like. But I, you don't want to submit yeah, that into a film festival. No, of absolutely not. not. But like, you know, yeah. uh, but you know, if you think about you know people in business, right, as opposed to hiring, you know, an yeah. editor to do an editor, yeah, and. and produce a little montage for for them to put on their youtube or something like that why not right yeah mm-hmm. wow so wow the yeah. things you welcome learn to 2023 on, on man into film. Um, <laughs> like. it's a way it's a way and, and video producers have been pretty upset about this a long time ago not just because of that but also because of the whole iphone thing and smartphone things it's like mm. oh well Mm-hmm. You know, that restaurant owner now has, you know, their teenage daughter. This is this is not me. I'm OK with that. <laughs> um, but they have their teenage daughter filming with their smartphone and they're putting together these little videos and they're using that on their website to sell their food menu. When we charge yeah. fifty thousand dollars for a 10 minute video and it just mm-hmm. puts them out mm-hmm. of business. It's been. Yeah. You know, but that's the same thing with like you know how it was before, right? When when filmmaking was like a a, a rich man hobby, yeah. Mm. Now then digital came out, yeah. you know, like yeah. right? Because like and you know, I know you guys were talking yeah. about how um who like you know like the digital film with with um collateral, but like you know like uh, John Woo made the first di- like you know digital film back in like '93 called Round Wolf. Hmm. And they were doing that in New York, you know. It was like, it, it wasn't like a full feature, but like, you know, that was the thing they were pushing, you know, for um, since like China wasn't really able to like compete with Hollywood in terms of making blockbuster films right. because of budget. Then digital film comes out, and they were doing it. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, making it more accessible. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Interesting. Let's. This is it. <laughs> right. This is for reals now. We've all been hanging out at the parking garage by our cars, saying goodbye to each other for the last <laughs> 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a Minnesota it's a min- goodbye. <laughs> that, what that, is. that was adorable. Um, so, uh, hey, uh, say goodbye to our listeners, guys. See you next week. Bye. See you See you in two weeks. <laughs> 